Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1359, air date November 15th, 2023. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure here. We're going to have a uh, very interesting discussion with Chris Guy. We're going to focus again on what's going on in Palestine, but really talk about some of the economics. Um, and one of the focuses really about China's unholy alliance with Israel uh, and what I believe is really a betrayal to the Palestinian people. A lot of assumption is that China supports the Palestinian people. Um, now, China claims they're quote-unquote communist, they're actually state capitalist, that they're founded on principles of national self-determination. So they've issued statements saying that they you know, uh, are opposed to what's going on in Palestine and Gaza. Now, if they were opposed to that, you would think that they would really not be doing business as usual with Israel. And I want to share with people that's actually not true. Um, there's one of the most important probably projects in the world um, uh, that's taking place right now that is very significant to China and to Israel. Uh, it involves billions, if not trillions of dollars. Um, and I think it's important that people understand that there is an economic alliance that has emerged between um, China and Israel uh, that is of immense value to um, Israel. Um, and in many ways, the United States is being uh, played off of this. So we wanna talk about that. Um, and then obviously any related issues around that, essentially uh, people uh, profiteering from what's going on. So let me bring in uh, Chris here. Let's, where's, where's Chris? Um, can I add Chris here? There we go. Hey Chris, how are you doing? Um, so Chris, can you just give a, a maybe this 30 second background on yourself, where you're out of, et cetera? Well, right now I'm in the UK, but I, I hail from Toronto, Canada. My background is in residential develop design and build. I have over 20 years experience working with the governments. I'm a best-selling author. I've been speaking around the world the last four years. I was one of the first people to speak out in Canada. I've been arrested 27 times, beat 73 charges, have zero convictions. So I have a lot of skin in this game and I've been in the, the, the game of geopolitical anal uh, analysis for a, quite a long time. And we just discuss all the important uh, important aspects of what's going on. It started with COVID. We discussed climate change. We discussed financial issues. We discussed wars. And we discussed what's really going on with those wars. And like you said, there's a huge financial uh, game with, these war, with this war going on. In fact, we already know that uh, Israel already gave something like six gas contracts out for the tune of $500 billion to all these different companies that are right off the coast of Gaza. So they need to obviously to take over Gaza for that. And if they could take over Gaza, we also know they want to put the Suez Canal through there. And there goes the, the idea with the trade factions that you were that you were talking about. So there's a lot of geopolitics uh, far beyond the, oh, we are just defending ourselves from Hamas terrorist narrative, which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, so I think if we step back a little bit. Um, I think one of the things that in uh, on October 7th, you know, when this event took place, um, I think it's fascinating for everyone to really look. Um, as, as people know, Chris, I'm running for president as, a, as an independent candidate. But I think the important thing to understand is that I'm the only viable candidate who's anti-Zionist. And anti-Zionism, we've talked about, his uh, Zionism is really a racist uh, 
political ideology. It's also more important, people need to understand it's anti-Semitic. So when you're anti-Zionist, doesn't mean you're anti-Semitic. Uh, it actually means um, you stand uh, for equality of all peoples and you don't believe in uh, chosen people subjugating other people or master race or master caste. And what's fascinating, if you look at Brahminism and if you look at Zionism and if you look at Nazism, it's all the same. All very similar based on a political ideology. Brahminism borrowed stuff from Hinduism. You know, Zionism takes stuff from, um, you know, quote unquote, elements of Judaism, but it isn't. It's a political ideology. And, you know, Nazism takes elements from Christianity, some aspects, you know, and all of these things are political ideologies which use the fervor of religion or race to manipulate people. But behind all of this is always they're using these ideologies to actually uh, move capital, right? It's about uh, increasing power, profit, control. Um, so as long as people understand that, that they use, they create a political ideology, use some elements of race and religion, package it into that because they need to something to get people really angry about in one way or the other, but ultimately it's intended um, to support uh, expansion of, of power, profit, control. I wanted to bring up um, uh, this, a lot of people may not know, there's this Belt and Road um, uh, that is critical to China that's right now. People haven't studied, they should just you know go Google um, Belt and Road. And what you'll find is what Belt and Road is about, it's really about China, which originally wanted to expand its reach in Southeast Asia by putting road infrastructure, uh, digital infrastructure to expand its presence in Southeast Asia, right? Malaysia, let's say Singapore, Vietnam, in those areas. Well, it's expanded now to way beyond China. It's Belt and Road, which includes um, systems of infrastructure, high-speed rail, right? Roads, digital infrastructure, surveillance infrastructure, going from Beijing all the way to Europe. And that's the idea um, um, through the Indian Ocean, right? But one of the critical things that people may not know about is that um, for many, many years, there's been this concept of a quote unquote peace highway that would intersect, you know, uh, uh, Israel all the way to Saudi Arabia. Um, it gets even more interesting because um, $11 billion is what Egypt today makes from the use of the Suez Canal. Um, and I think it's good to bring up, um, you, you've probably seen this, Chris, but let me bring it up. But the Suez Canal um, um, is in a very critical region. So if we step back here, um, we see the Mediterranean Sea. This is the Red Sea. Um, and I've been to all of these areas. You know, I've been to Egypt. This is, um, there's a place, place right here um, it's called Sharm el Sheikh. Uh, a lot of people, go, it's apparently known for some of the best scuba diving, by the way, right, right here. Um, but when you step back here, we see the Indian Oceans here. Um, China's all the way over here. And China's goal is to build these infrastructures, roads, highways that we're going to extend here, but all the way from China, all the way out to Europe. One of the critical aspects of this is, you know, when we look back at history, the way people used to go uh, from Europe, you may remember, Chris, um, if you were in Italy or Spain, or how did you get over to India, right? You'd have to go all the way around like this, right? Through this traffic. 
when the Suez Canal was built a couple hundred years ago, I think in the 1800s, um, it enabled people to go through this aspect right here. So the Suez Canal is right up here, um, right there is the Suez Canal. So uh, it's around, I believe around 340 kilometers from here to up to here. So boats and everything could move um, up from here, the Red Sea coming from the Indian Ocean up through the Suez Canal and it goes up through here. And then all here's actually the quote unquote Suez Canal up through here. And then you got to the um, Mediterranean up here. So quite strategic because oil, goods, everything. Now you could be everything. literally in Europe, right? Europe could go right to India this way. Indians could come up this way. And Egypt right here controls the Suez Canal uh, and it makes about $11 billion in revenue. Now, per the belt um, uh, and road, uh, uh, one of the goals is that there's a very interesting city here right at the tip. And you notice this is still right here. Um, uh, this very important, it feeds into the Red Sea. Um, and it's a um, um, gulf right here of, um, let me zoom in there. Okay, so everyone can see it. This gulf right here of, uh, can you see that, Chris? Yeah. Okay. And the Gulf of Aqaba feeds right into this region, which is the um, you know Persian Gulf, essentially the Red Sea right here and out to the Gulf. And this is what you go out here. But this is a very important point right here. There's a couple of islands that um, uh, these two islands that uh, was being managed on behalf of Egypt. But the idea is that these may be managed on, on behalf of Saudi Arabia. And the idea is Saudi Arabia has immense wealth. And what Netanyahu wants to do is he wants to build this um, rail system. And let me bring that up. So the rail system would go uh, right here from Iliad. So this is Israel right here. Can you see that? Um, yep. Uh, Chris, so, so you notice there's this little piece of land that's owned by Israel that sticks out right here and it's Elliot. So uh, uh, Eilat, okay? And the idea is that from here, the idea is to build a rail system through the desert um, all the way up. Um, let me go back. All the way up. So that's Israel up through here, right? Gaza Strip's here, so it'll go up this way. And then you can go um, all the way up to Haifa right here, okay, which is a port. So what that gives Israel is massive strategic importance because guess what? They become essentially the Suez Canal, right? So instead of yeah, all the yeah. traffic going up here through rail, you can bring it up this way and boats can pick up their stuff a la Haifa. And obviously, you know, th these central points are important to clean up, you know, which means no problems because this um, system will go up through here and all the way up here. Right. So you have Gaza here and West Bank here. And from an Israeli standpoint, they really don't want any more ruckus there. Right. Um Haifa is very important because the United States uh, needs Israel for Haifa because the Sixth Fleet operates out of here. And if you just step back, the Sixth Fleet of the United States, you can see how strategic this is to manage the flow of stuff coming from the Black Sea, right? Um, the boss, right? Uh, Turkey. It's, I mean, it is the Middle East. It's a centerpiece right here, right? Between Asia and here. So everyone 
may not know this, but one of the things Netanyahu has been pushing is this uh, massive rail system, high-speed rail system, which will be part, uh, and I think it's going to cost, I forget how many, a uh, uh, couple hundred billion, uh, you know, I think 30 to $40 billion US dollars. Um, but it'll go all the way from here up. So why is this important? Well, first of all, it's going to be a serious threat to Egypt because it's going to take away their revenue. It puts Israel in a much more strategically viable position. Who's going to fund this? Well, the funding and the people who are going to build this is none other than China. This is central to China because China also wants to have a presence in Haifa here, which is very much against U.S. imperial interest because if China is here in Haifa, they're going to be able to monitor. They get all sorts of great data on the U.S. Sixth Fleet, which hangs out here. So for China, doing this deal and getting a quid pro quo from Israel gives them access to Haifa, a strategic port. It also gives them access um, as a part of their um, you know, Belt and Road Initiative, because now they've essentially interconnected all the way from China uh, through their own mechanism to go to Europe. And that was really the goal, right? Quote, unquote, the Silk Road. So I don't know how much you were aware of that, uh, Chris, but I've been observing this. And this was something that has been uh, accelerating. Many people in Israel are actually against this, um, primarily for environmental reasons, right? A lot of uh, Israelis believe that this is going to affect uh, the desert, right? Um, environmentally, et cetera. But fundamentally, uh, no one is talking about this in the media that much. But the reality is that, first of all, Israel is very strategic. And that's why the British and the US imperialists during post-World War II, they wanted to create a ruckus there. Remember, the, the British policy of controlling resources, you, you create a divide and rule situation, you create some um, chaos, and then in the midst of that chaos, you get what you want. They did this in Africa and India. The Chinese model is you pump money in um, and you create alliances with people, right? You create alliances in terms of resources, um, et cetera. And that's what China is doing. So, to, so to people thinking, a lot of people th think that China is, you know, against imperialism. They're somehow going to help um, uh, the Palestinians. But China sees a, an awesome opportunity for themselves here to do their, uh, you know, Belt Road, quote unquote, their Silk Road, right? from east to west, and they have an opportunity to bribe or, you know, collude, create an unholy alliance with Israel. But if you look at that uh, railroad, it's very, very dependent on making sure that Gaza and West Bank are in control, right? So it's a very, very important concept that people need to understand because people have been, I mean, if you think China is quote unquote for working people and quote unquote communists. Well, they're far from that. They're state capitalist organization. And this Belt Road thing will probably be one of the most surveilled infrastructures. Um, and many people rightfully argue that this is essentially a way for China to expand themselves as not just a regional power, but a global power. So I don't know how much you were aware of that, Chris, but it's, it's uh, stuff that I think it, I think uh, people need to be aware of. I was aware of the transport stuff. I did not know that they had been granted uh, the ability to use Haifa for their fleet. And that would make a lot more sense because now they're getting- Well, that's, 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 that's what's money. going on. Yeah, so all those, this is why the United States is so concerned. So 
when we step back and look at it, um, you have Zionism, uh, primarily, which has occupied the United States, the bank, Hollywood, uh, every aspect. And by the way, to those people thinking, what is Zionism? Zionism, uh, by the way, there are more Christian Zionists than there are Jewish Zionists. Um, and you don't have to be Christian or Jewish to be a Zionist. But MBS from Saudi Arabia is a Zionist. There are Hindus who are Zionists. Joe um, Biden, on Joe the record, Biden. called himself a Zionist and said exactly what you said. You do not have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. Zionism is a political ideology. It hides behind and tries to, uh, tries to, I guess, intertwine itself with Judaism to use Judaism as a, a quote-unquote human shield. But even the Jewish people understand that the Zionists are their worst enemy. Who's the ones that funded Hitler? It was Zionists. Who's the one? Like, so they want, they do not like Jewish people probably more than anybody because Jewish people have an actual blood and DNA co uh, co connection to the Abrahamic religion. Zionists do not. That's why they're whiter than I am, but somehow live in the Middle East. Yeah, it's a very, very important point. I think, um, you know, I can do a whole analysis on this but for if people just go do their own research people can find since the 1900s um and to the during world war ii the zionists were extremely uh worked and collaborated with nazis and they needed anti-semitism they needed hatred of jews because that then they could say then they could go to the jews and say see you shouldn't be here you should go over here join us and for many, many years in the early 1930s, most of the Jews did not want to join Zionists. They thought these guys were nuts. I mean, you can read quotes even by um, Albert Einstein. He thought these guys were crazy. And they were a very, very small fringe group, which wasn't really supported by the broad mass of Jews. Um, many Jews wanted to saw the emergence of Hitler. They were building anti-fascist movements in um, Germany. And the Zionists actually backstabbed those Jewish movements against fascism. They struck deals with his, uh, Hitler. They said, look, in fact, there's very interesting uh, documents. And a lot of the documents are probably in Israel, uh, you know, behind lock and key. But those documents re reveal a very close relationship, um, essentially saying, look, we both have the same interests. We both need anti-Semitism. We both you know, profit from the hatred of Jews because the more Jews are hated, the more they're gonna to come to our movement, right? And the more you want them out. So the Zionists and the Nazis collaborated. As I've mentioned many times, people should on their own go research the Warsaw ghetto riots where Nazis literally, Zionists collaborated with the Nazis to disarm the Jews, disarm them, undermine them. Um, so they could not, and they were massive popular uprisings against the Nazis. So Jews were fighting Nazis. Zionists intervened to sabotage those militant heroic fights of the Jewish people against the Nazis. So if you're Jewish, understand that it's time for you to wake the fuck up and denounce Zionism. That's why many yeah. of these protests right now, Chris, and I've seen this for 40 years. I've been involved in many, many activist movements, um, you know, to support the victory of the Palestinian people. But the undermining goal here has been these liberal Zionists who take up the slogan, let's cease fire now, free Palestine. Not, they don't really want to free Palestine. 
They want to talk about ceasefire now. We don't want blood on our hands. These are the liberal Zionists who actually do not want to talk about Zionism. They know what's, they have a guilt concept because they're sitting here in the United States. They know the U.S. Um, involvement is fucked up, but they do not want to attack Zionism. So the slogan should not be ceasefire now because ceasefire now hasn't helped in 40 years. Ceasefire now, as I mentioned, means Israel gets to go two steps forward, then they go one step back. Then they get to go two steps forward, ceasefire now, one step back. The issue is we need to end the occupation of Israel and end the occupation of Zionist occupation of the United States. And that's what, you know, a systems analysis, Chris and Truth Freedom Health are about. And this is what is the real solution, not ceasefire now, ceasefire now, ceasefire now for what reason? So Israel can regroup and yeah, then exactly. come back two years later and, and go then two steps forward. So and, it's very, very another false flag attack like October 7th. And that, that, for anybody that doesn't know that yet, October 7th, the so-called Hamas attack was 100% a false flag attack. There is no way that Hamas and paragliders can penetrate the Israeli border, which is the most monitored and secure border anywhere in the world. They would have been and they and they definitely would not have been able to uh, operate with impunity for hours behind enemy lines. So I want everybody to understand that Benjamin Netanyahu fully allowed that attack to happen. He allowed war crimes to be committed against his own people. And that is why there's protests so big in Israel against him that his massive security team could not keep them away from his own house. And they were chanting murderer and they were chanting jail because all of them understand that he is using them as cannon fodder, just like the Palestinians are being used as cannon fodder. And they are profiting off of this every step of the way. And for you Americans that love Israel and you Americans that don't understand that you've been infiltrated like Dr. Shiva has been trying to tell you, well, let me just point something out. The people that funded both sides of World War II, the Zionist Rothschild banking dynasty and their friends, well, they also funded the British crown way back in a time called 1776. And you guys fought a war against the Zionists and you won. And they realized that America could not be overtaken with guns and bullets. So they decided to occupy you, infiltrate you, and destroy you from within. And that is what they've been doing for years and years and years. A perfect example of the relationship between America and Israel is the fact that every single year, America borrows billions of dollars and gives it to Israel immediately starts paying interest payments on that new debt well israel puts that in a bank and gets and gets interest on it so imagine dr shiva and me are friends i take a loan i give it to dr shiva and i have to pay back the loan well dr shiva can actually gain interest on the loan or invest that money that is the relationship you guys have with israel and it's because like he said your government is beyond infiltrated by zionists dual citizens with israel imagine a senator congressman that had dual citizenship with u.s iran u.s russia u.s china you guys would be up in arms meanwhile dozens of people in the u.s government with u.s israeli dual citizenship and we're not supposed to mention it we're not supposed to talk about apac which is the largest most powerful lobby group in the world that literally makes people sign a pledge of israel first 
We're not supposed to talk about how every single president that gets elected has to make his pilgrimage to Israel, put on his little yarmulke, and kiss the wall. You believe, you think Benjamin Netanyahu is going to fly to Washington, D.C., put on a crucifix and go kneel before the altar and do the sign of the cross? I don't think so, ladies and gentlemen. So it's quite easy to see who the master is and who the slave is. The United States is unlimited source of money, weapons, warm bodies, and U.N. vetoes for Israel. And Israel, their so-called greatest ally, is willing to make geopolitical allies with anybody who can benefit them financially and give them better geopolitical standing, like they're doing with China behind the U.S.'s back. Actually, not even behind their back, right in front of their face. It's like a, a wife cheating on her husband right in front of him because she really doesn't care because she knows he's not going to do well, anything. One of, one, of the, one of the things, Chris, is, um, you know, on October 7th when this occurred, it's important to also review every other presidential candidate, what they posted. You know, booby fucking Kennedy posted, yes, let's go butcher all the Palestinians because we must give Israel the right to defend itself. Same thing. Nikki Haley said, let's wipe them all out. Vivek the snake, same thing. You know, all of these people, Donald Trump, this is savage. We should go, you know, uh, Israel, we should defend the, the is, rights of Israel. But what's interesting is, you know, I was the only one who said on October 7th, this is being done because Netanyahu, there was a civil war taking place in Israel against Netanyahu. It's been going on for years. And this was a very clever way for him to uh, distract attention. Now, one of the things I want to show with you right here is, you know, I found this thing and I posted and a bunch of people shared it since then. But here is The Economist. I don't know if you've seen this. From December 22nd, 2012, it's called the Holiday Double Issue. Everyone see that? Can you see it, Chris? Yeah. It says a holiday issue. Very nice, anodyne term, right? December 12th, January 14th. And it goes, and much more, <laughs> including a rough guide to hell. And this is a picture. It's a cover photo of the of the uh, economist. And look, look what you see. This is 11 years ago. You see Hamas on gliders flying over Israel. Oh, my God. Okay. And here is Netanyahu flying over Israel, starting a war. But right here it says Hamas. I don't know if you can see that. Okay. Now, yeah, I can. It's really scary, actually. Yeah. It, so, and it's a holiday issue. All right. So, these kinds of things you really have to wonder um, is this predictive or is it engineered? You see what I'm saying? Are they telling well, us? They they like to engineer so-called prophecy. Right. But you're seeing it in black and white or in color right here, right? It's in full-blown color. Um, and you can see all the different characters involved, but it's essentially a massive war starting uh, by Satan, by the devils, you know, all calculating the value of this uh, for them going on for many, many years. But um, it is profoundly important for people to understand that there can be no free Palestine without a free America. So this is the real issue that the neoliberals do not want to talk about. In every movement, Chris, that I've noticed, and from if you take Truth, Freedom, Health, if you really understand the system's dynamic, and this is why a lot of people, well-meaning people, you know, you know, there's a guy called Patrick Hennington or something, and he, you know, he was, if you go look at his tweets, he was, you know, favorable towards Kennedy, thinking Kennedy's anti-establishment. And then I'm like, why are you supporting fucking Kennedy? You may not be saying anything, you know, the fact that you're not exposing him is support and thinking, promoting his tweets as though he's anti-establishment. 
And this is central because there's lots of social media influencers who un don't understand political dynamics. So they're naively will promote Trump or, or maybe they're paid to promote Trump. Okay. Naively will promote Kennedy or they're maybe they'll pray, pay to, or they want to be in his circles, right? Um, this guy, Jackson Hinkle, a kid that comes out of nowhere. Well, he says he's a MAGA communist. He's free Palestine. Well, he's promoting Trump. Trump is a fucking Zionist Maximus. He says Trump's going to be our savior. And what emerges out of all of this understanding is you start recognizing that all of these people are slaves to Zionism at a very fundamental level. And so in Israel, Netanyahu has been under massive indictments for two years. He was actually was indicted. And there's been massive protests by Israeli Jews of the many, many different parliamentary parties against Netanyahu. So I was so you can go look at my tweet, what I put on October 7th, that says this piece of shit is doing this because he wants to distract attention from his own downfall. And so this was perfect for him, for Netanyahu. Hamas was created by Israel in the 80s. It was funded by Israel as early as 2019-20, Yossi uh, Cohen, Y-O-S-S-I Cohen, who is ahead of Mossad, went to Qatar and said, please keep funding Hamas. And the reason they want this done, Chris, is because it's their boogeyman. Um, it's their reason. It's their friggin' pretense for invasion every single time. It's all you It's part of Israel's Darvo tactic. Darvo is what uh, people in abusive relationships use. It means defend, attack, and reverse the status of the victim. So first they'll lie or they'll diminish. They'll say, "Oh no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't attack hospitals." Or if they get caught, they're like, "Oh, we did, but it was only because Hamas is there." You never hear the media say they bombed Palestine or they bombed Lebanon. No, they bombed Hamas or they bombed uh, Hezbollah or they bombed in Syria. They bombed Aleppo. But no, they bombed Iranian-backed targets. They just use little trigger words for Americans on media. And it's funny well, that well, all first, these people... What, what, let's, let's, just, let's just, before, this is one, one important thing to mention here is that within the occupied territory, so within Gaza, there's been many, many, there's all different groups which have arisen, secular groups, secular to those people who don't know what that means. Secular means non-religious, okay? They're not affiliated with the religion. They're uh, political liberation groups that want to liberate their people. They're not allied with fundamental Islam or fundamental Christianity or fundamental Judaism. They are building a revolutionary movement to liberate their people. Very legitimate movements, which were supported broadly by lots and lots of people. So Israel needed to create a fundamentalist movement. And that's why Hamas was created, because then they could say, see, these guys are crazy. They needed to create, as you said, the boogeyman, but it's really to create a religious-based movement versus a secular movement. And this is what you know the US did in, with the, in, in Afghanistan with the Mujahideen and the Taliban. So mm -hmm. the, the modus operandi is, there are natural movements coming up for democracy among the indigenous people. So you go create some crazy version of that movement so you can actually justify to oppress the indigenous movements. And this yeah, is- Yeah, don't forget, they gotta give it a whole bunch of money and support. And Netanyahu's on, on video 2019 talking to his own government, stating how they fund and support Hamas as part of their strategy to ferment, uh, prevent the formation of a Palestinian state. Yeah, so I think, I think the homework that people want to take some notes here 
because the good news, Chris, is for the first time in probably, Jesus, 90 years, 90 years, 85 years since 1948, are we actually having a discourse about Zionism versus Judaism, Israel, et cetera? So this is a good thing. But for those people learning this, um, understand, if you want to take notes, Zionism is not equal to Judaism, number one. Number two, Zionism equals racism. Three, Zionism is anti-Semitism. Four, Zionism, Zionists collaborated with the Nazis to butcher Jews. Extensive amount of literature on this. You know, what was that? Was that four or five? <laughs> Six, if I missed one. Um, Zion, the Zionists, um, you don't have to be Jewish to be a Zionist. In fact, there are 300 million evangelical Christians at least 60% are Zionists. That means there's 180 million, quote unquote, Christian Zionists. I put the quotes because being Christian and a Zionist is antithetical, you know, antithetical. It's anti-ethical. It makes yeah. absolutely no sense. But there's <laughs> 180 million, 180 million Christian Zionists. The total number of Jews on the planet are 16 million only, right? So there's only 16 million Jews. 20% of those are opposed at minimum in the Pew research that came out two years ago in 2022 are opposed to the concept of a theocratic state. They're not Zionists, at least 20%. So that basically leaves around maybe on a good day, 12 million Jewish Zionists, 12 million Ashkenazi Jewish Zionists who actually discriminate against every other Jew, even in Israel. And they treat many of them like the Palestinians, second-class citizens. So these are very important notes that people should make because you're going to get into arguments um, as this discussion occurs. And the first thing I think people should end with, with is Zionism is racism and anti-Semitism that serves imperialism and colonialism. And yep. the reason I wanted to share that region, Chris, and let's go back to that, is people need to understand that the imperialists wanted this region they wanted a lot of you know um you know you know britain went all over africa and created random nation states and they have everyone fighting each other right and then they steal all their oil and their diamonds etc similarly if you look at the world this region right here is central to the flow of oils and goods here right central in terms of strategic reason for military between east and west and sitting right there is a little piece of real estate known as Palestine, and you should really change it to Palestine. This is, this is Google Zionism right here, okay? Um, mm -hmm. But this piece of land, it's a very small piece of land, Chris, this land right here, right? Is the reason that uh, many, many millions of people go get, particularly poor whites, poor blacks, poor Hispanics have died and getting butchered fighting for this nonsense, right? Right here. But this is a very strategic piece of land. And China is now eyeing this piece of land. And Israel and Netanyahu are basically, and the Zionists are playing off who's going to give them more money. Will the American taxpayers fund Israel another round? Or are they going to get a, another John, right? <laughs> um, which is going to be um, China. Because China really also wants this strategic area. So before it was British imperialism controlling it, U.S. imperialism, and will Chinese imperialism now start controlling Israel? So it's very important for people to understand the dynamics here.
that there's a lot of billions and billions and trillions of dollars involved here. And China is on China's side. China doesn't 100%. give a fuck about the Palestinians. You know, a lot of people think, ooh, China and Russia. A lot of Zionist oligarchs are in Russia. All right. I don't see Russia right now sending military aid to the Palestinian people. I don't see China sending military aid to the Palestinian people. Those people are just being butchered. So they're essentially alone. And I think what's going on is who is going to strike the better deal with Netanyahu? Netanyahu's probably, yeah, you know, Netanyahu's using his Zionist hoodlums like Anthony Blinken and saying, look, negotiate this deal for me. If you want me not to give that port to China, if you don't want me to build that highway, maybe you guys want to fund it. Who wants to fund this, right? I got, you know, someone else, you know, it's like basically negotiations. That's what this basically, is about. Basically, Israel doing what they always do and playing all sides while yep. trying to pretend to be the victim. But especially with the Palestinian conflict, it's pretty hard to play the victim when you have the actual victims surrounded, blockaded. You could turn off their food, water, and electricity, and you have a military with artillery, with helicopters, with an air force, with a navy, with nuclear weapons, and they have small arms and paragliders. So Chris, you can see this interesting, interesting question here. 100% agree Israel and China, you know, I'm sorry, not this one. Um, someone said this question. Um, why isn't Saudis helping Palestines again? If you looked at the notes that we just went over, you don't. The Zionists, the Zionists and the Saudis have been friends for a while. Yeah, they're Zionists. The Saudis are Zionists. Okay, the Brahmins in India are Zionists. Okay, the, the we have seventy million Christian Zionists in the United States in the Bible Belt. They all report up through the Zionist infrastructure. So you need to understand MBS in. The crown prince of Saudi Arabia gave $2 billion to the Zionist hoodlum, Jared Kushner, okay, who was brought in by a Zionist hoodlum president, Donald Trump, who, in my view, sold his daughter as a trading bargain to one Zionist to another. You know, it was a Zionist transaction. That's what took place. It was um, definitely a business transaction one way or the other. It was like, it was like an arranged marriage, any way right. you look at it. Right. Yeah. So uh, someone says, can you speak? Look, Saudi Arabia, um, essentially, someone says, can you speak more about Saudi Arabia? It's a good, good discussion. Here's the deal. Um, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, uh, Jordan, right? Turkey, all of these, quote unquote, Islamic countries, people that you have to separate the people from the leaders. The people yes. are massively subjugated. Saudi Arabia, the only reason there isn't a revolution in Saudi Arabia because of the amount of oil that they have, and they literally give people money so they don't overthrow them. If you look at Egypt, about 15, 20 years ago, there was the Arab Spring uprising against Mubarak, who was a dictator in Egypt. And students rose up. And people should just, you know, Google Arab Spring, Tahrir Square. Millions of students showed up. Because of people of Egypt, I've been to Egypt. I was there for seven weeks. They don't like Mubarak. It's a police state. Go to Egypt. It is like a military compound there. You go to Turkey. Erdogan is a scumbag. Anyone thinking that Erdogan cares about the Palestinian people, what he did was he said, wow, this is a political opportunity. So all these protests, he said, let's have a national day for the Palestinians. Well, he ran elections in Turkey where he lost. He was ousted from power. He basically discounted those elections. 
still sees power. He's a fascist. He plays multiple sides. One day he'll be supporting NATO. The other day he'll be supporting Russia. And then he'll support NATO. Then he'll support Russia. So he allowed these protests because he wants his people not to overthrow him. Oh, yes, I am a Muslim. I'm supporting Palestine. Same, you can look at all these quote unquote Muslim countries. All of them, all of them suppress their people. And the only reason they're hanging on by a thread is using power of oil. That's it. Their their people actually hate uh, the, you know, whether it's a crown prince of Saudi Arabia, et cetera. And this is something central we need to understand. That's why in all of these countries, Chris, these people wanted their leadership to do something and they haven't, they've done nothing. So they just go out there, you know, Erdogan supporting the protests because he doesn't want to get overthrown. It's just all just doing doing what's politically popular. It's that simple. When the, when the majority of your population is, is chanting for free Palestine, he's going to go and jump on the bandwagon. But did they actually do anything to help? Not too many people have done anything to help the Palestinians yet. And they really should. But it's like you said, the Zionists have basically infiltrated many governments around the world, and they do it through the banking system. For instance, 99% of the world's countries are in debt. Who are they in debt to? The private banks. Who own the private banks? The Zionists. This is the kind of power they have. This is why they can control governments like puppets. This is why they can start wars. This is why they can decide who wins wars. And this is why they're that they're very, very dangerous. And people have to understand they don't care about you and they don't care about anything. And what really blows my mind is for the last three, four years, because of this whole COVID pandemic, by the time that we had three, four years of the media, the government, the medical establishment, the law enforcement establishment lying to our faces on the TV every day. What did we hear in the last six months? Oh, I'm never listening to the TV again. The TV lies about everything. The government lies about everything. The moment the TV started talking about Israel, everybody started listening to exactly what the TV said. Once again, people have very short memories and people have to stop watching too much TV and so many Hollywood movies because they're made by the same people that are trying to kill off these Palestinians. And I was in the States, actually, I was in the States and I got kicked out of uh, the Reawakening America tour. I got escorted off by security when I was was scheduled to speak there. And I had no idea why. And they showed me a Twitter post that I had made. And all it said is the Israeli invasion of Palestine brought to you by the same people as COVID, climate change, rigged elections and censored social media. That was enough to have police called on me. And on the police report, it said I made an anti-Israeli social media post. And when I tried to regain access to the United States a few weeks later, I was actually denied entry. So that's the kind of power they have. And that's the kind, that's how heavy the infiltration is. So people need to wake up and start thinking for themselves, especially so-called Christian Zionists. I dare you, any of you Christian Zionists that, th- that love Israel so much and want to support Israel, I will pay for your ticket. I'll put you up in a nice hotel while you're there. But you know what you got to do for me? You got to walk down the street with a big cross in your hand and say you want to praise Jesus Christ. And we'll see what kind of reception you get from the people that you're praying for every day while they're committing a genocide. The vast majority of people in Israel do not like Jesus Christ. They do not believe of him as a savior or a messiah. They believe of him as a false prophet. Actually, it's actually actually worse than that. It's worse than that. Look, I have people that, and I didn't know how vituperative and the vitriol 
They said, oh, Jesus was a criminal. In fact, they said, Jesus, this is a Jewish Zionist. He's a fucking criminal. That's what they, that's, that's how this individual said. And it was glad. And we're so happy what happened to him. He doesn't represent us. You know, so this is a level of, let, let me, uh, let me play for people very quickly. People may have seen this. Um, if you haven't seen it, it, you know, in spite of all the shadow banning, uh, let me play this. Chris, you may have seen this one, right? So this is a post I did which said, every presidential candidate except me sucks Zionist cock. Oh that my not, God, yeah. I freaking was dying when I watched that. Yeah, so that may not sound very presidential, but it's very presidential because I represent the American worker who does not want to be cock, new term, zuckers of Zionism. I want to just play this because people haven't seen it. Every president. That may not sound presidential, but in fact, it's very presidential because I represent the American worker who does not want us to be cocksuckers of Zionism. Donald Trump sucks Zionist hawk. Nikki Haley sucks Zionist hawk. Every presidential candidate except me sucks Zionist hawk. Every presidential candidate except me sucks Zionist hawk. That may not sound presidential, but in fact, it's very presidential because I represent the American worker who does not want us to be cocksuckers of Zionism. Donald Trump sucks Zionist hawk. Nikki Haley sucks Zionist hawk. Vivek the snake sucks Zionist cock. Chris Christie. Booby fucking Kennedy, Joe Biden, all of these people. The only people that don't suck Zionist cock are the American workers who are being screwed. I'm an American worker. I'm one of us. But Donald Trump is no different than any one of them. They all serve Israel. Bernie Sanders, for example, is an Israeli citizen. Anthony Blinken is an Israeli citizen. The head of the CDC is an Israeli citizen. All of these people are Israeli citizens. All of these people work together against the American working people. There's a lot of liberal Zionists who are out there saying, cease fire, peace now. I've seen that for 40 years. It doesn't get us anywhere. All that ceasefire does is let Israel pull back, then go bomb the shit out of the Palestinians again. The only way to end this is we must end the occupation. Ending the occupation means beginning with ending the occupation of America by Zionism. Zionists have taken over every seat of power of the United States. If we're going to free Palestine, we must end the occupation of America by Zionism. If there's anyone who should get military aid, it should be the Palestinian people. I'm not talking about Hamas, by the way, all those morons who think Hamas represents the Palestinian people. Hamas was created by Israel. So when you see Hamas, replace it with Israel. We need to build the bottoms up. So anyway, I think it's important to play that because I didn't even post that, Chris. Someone else had seen a live interview and they extracted that. It started going viral everywhere, but it, it, it's the essence of what's taking place. And it's not even the essence. It's literally, in some cases, literal, if not metaphorical. That's, the, that's, how, that's how disgusting it really is. <laughs> 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 straight up no i think you're right man so if you look at the cockzuckers it's fascinating to me because uh they created this guy vivek the snake a douchebag i mean a 35 38 year old kid who's such a snake how is he going to be when he's 80 he's going to probably become lord sith you know because <laughs> you have to understand that the establishment literally creates a as a farm league of people that they're using to sucker people like Flytrap. Oh, did you hear Tulsi Gabbard says some really good stuff? She's against the military industrial complex. Oh, wow. But she's a fucking warmonger. The woman supported the bombing uh, of Iraq right after 9-11 saying, oh yeah, we got to go get all these Islamic fundamentalists. Then she did the same thing on October 7th. Same thing with Booby fucking Kennedy. Oh, well, Booby's uh, against vaccines. He's for medical freedom. No, the motherfuckers actually for quote unquote safe vaccines that somehow he's gonna get this completely corrupt establishment to create. 
which is protected, the pharma companies are protected by his uncle's bill, Ted Kennedy, which was the vaccine injury program, which was passed in 1986, to cover up the tracks of his other uncle, JFK, who's a fucking reckless individual, who created the 1962 vaccination program. So end to end from Johnny Kennedy to fucking Booby Kennedy the first to Booby fucking Kennedy the second, all of these people have been involved in big pharma. And, and I want to point out one other person that you didn't mention that's going to upset people. Donald Trump, he did warp speed. Right. Who funded Donald who funded Donald Trump's campaign? Why don't people Google the name Sheldon Adelson? He's yeah. dead now. But we all know he's a multi-billionaire Zionist and one of the largest political donors in the history of the United States. And that's where Trump got his bread buttered. And that's why he put Kushner in as, as basically his uh, watchdog, etc. It's worse than that, Chris. It's Donald Trump was bailed out. Yes, he was bankrupt until Adelson came. So he literally owes him his soul. Soros and the Rothschilds. These people, the guy is not a businessman. Donald Trump basically, as the level of businessman he is, he knows how to hold a phone like this with a suit and act like he's doing business. His balance sheet, very people that I know have looked at his actual balance sheet. It's a negative billionaire. More liabilities than assets, okay? So all of these people are like a farm league, uh, Chris, that they have in waiting. So the American working class doesn't get off their butt and build a bottoms up movement. Rather, they say, okay, let's try Tulsi Gabbard. Oh yeah, some people stick to her like flypaper. Oh, let's try Bernie Sanders, another Zionist hoodlum. Oh yeah, he's talking about the workers. The guy's never held a job in his life. Oh, now let's try booby fucking Kennedy who bangs 20, 30 women, you know, his wife hangs herself, is pro actually vaccines, wants quote unquote safe vaccines, right? Supported lockdowns. Oh, let's see if people forget all of those contradictions because he's a Kennedy. So a bunch of doofuses support that moron, right? Because they're all enamored because they want to suck Kennedy cock, right? Well, they use, they, use, they use gimmicks. They try to create, like you said, they create a farm leave of, uh, of viable, viable candidates using gimmicks to attract a certain segment of society because by dividing the people, they can constantly control who wins and they won't have to rig the elections as much that way. Right. They, well, what they it's it's dividing people, but making people believe that their savior is going to come from above, but not from one of us from below. That it's going to come Trump, who has a golden plated toilet seat, somehow understands your plight. So they have him in a hard hat. Oh, yeah, I understand construction workers hugging police, eating McDonald's. Go to his fucking restaurants, you know, at Trump Tower. They have grass-fed organic meat. Go to Mar-a-Lago. He's eating good food all the time, okay? He may do the burger thing for you, right? But he's making sure his family and his wife and his extended family are getting organic grass-fed pasture-raised beef, all right? So they have they try to make these people populist. This dude, Vivek the Snake, puts his hand over someone as though he knows what it means to be a working class person. These people really need a serious lesson taught to them. And it's not gonna come from above. They would not exist without the promotion of fucker Carlson, who's also created by them, without the promotion of Joe Rogan, who's created by them, which all of these people are beholden to them. And I think the awakening that's occurring, that needs to occur, Chris, is people to recognize there's the obvious establishment and the not so obvious establishment. The and gatekeepers. The, well, 
it's the gatekeepers and almost like the fly traps. So um, I just want to grab a couple cup of tea, but I just want to play a video for people that gives people the solution, Chris, if you don't mind, right? And many of you know, we've created a movement and that movement is Truth, Freedom, Health. And it says that we all need to really understand the physics of this. Let me play this, Chris, and I'll be right back. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There is a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media, we need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We gotta train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're gonna follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're gonna follow some right wing talk show host. They're not gonna lead us to liberation, it's us. We're building a bottoms up movement and that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat 
you know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up, his own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Now, the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. So anyway, Chris, the reason I wanted to play that is, you know, um, my goal or sort of my life's journey is how do we create the solution to this, right? Because one thing is on social media, you see, you know, a lot of people exposing truth, exposing truth, right? We can do that all day long, right? Exposition of truth. The issue that comes is when is the truth exposed and does it lead to actually a solution? So you'll see in the, in 2020, we were doing the exposure of Fauci, lockdowns, et cetera. Um, the exposure of the entire censorship infrastructure that came out of our lawsuit. Tucker Carlson didn't say anything. He concealed it. He waited two years. So the exposition of truth is extremely important because delayed truth is actually deadly. And that's a CIA technique of delaying the truth, you know, saying it after the crisis is over making a movie out of it and getting an Academy Award or something, right? And acting like you did some great shit. So this is one phenomenon. The other phenomenon is for people to recognize that there is a physics to building anything. To build an iPhone, there's all sorts of technology in there. To build an airplane, as I talked about, there's principles and technology, right? To build anything, there's a fundamental physics. And what I uncovered over my last 50 years, there's a physics to building a movement. It's not something that happens on its own. And that physics relies on understanding how systems work. And when you understand the, the physics of systems, you can start seeing long before people go down, oh, let me support Trump. Oh, let me support Kennedy. Let me support Bernie Sanders. The systems dynamics reveals that these people are a disturbance, as that video had, a disturbance. We want to achieve a particular goal, which is truth, freedom, health. They want to achieve maximization of power, profit, control. So in our way, they put disturbances. No different than if a plane is going from point A to point B in a control system. You know, the autopilot sees different turbulence and it knows how to correct. In many ways, the autopilot is smarter than a lot of humans. We're, we want truth, freedom, health, and we get suckered in. Oh, let me vote for Trump. Really? What the fuck is he going to do for you? Oh, let me bring in Tulsi Gabbard. Let me vote for Bernie Sanders. And this is where we're at. But once people understand this concept of a disturbance, 
then people can recognize that this is an actual physical phenomenon that exists in all systems. And then you recognize that what is my goal? What is my interest? And how do I achieve truth, freedom, health, right? Is it going to come with booby fucking Kennedy? Why? What's his interest in delivering you truth, freedom, health? There is no interest. He comes from the swarm. He serves them. So what's uh, what comes out of this, Chris, is we have to have a very clear vision. We have to have the mechanics, some intellectual piece to understand this so we don't repeat mistakes. And then the third piece is a very practical piece of getting on the ground, right? Connecting with people. Um, and what we've done is we've created, you know, people go to Truth, Freedom, or Shiva for President. We have a little flyer because you got to make the messaging easy, but also potent. So one thing we think people will care about is that that graph right there reveals that a child now um, in the United States has a shorter lifespan. That's that red line. Over 40 years, a child's life now has been shortened than their parents. Now, I assume people are going to care about that. So if you have a child, your child's lifespan is shorter than yours, right? And this was caused by not only one thing, but a series of policies, right? The income inequality stuff, starting foreign wars, PTSD, right? The water, the, the food, the air. Um, if you want to look at the destruction of the immune system, it's been a multiplicity of issues. And these issues have resulted ultimately in affecting people's biology, their health, where a child's now lifespan in the United States is shorter than their parents. And if people can grasp that, that it's not any one issue. So that's why you have a lot of people on social media. And I was, you know, trying to educate someone. Well, you know, Kennedy is good at this. Why are you attacking that? Uh-uh, you don't. So they try to take a person and they say, oh, you should support on this and support on that and support on this. They have to look at the whole person, the totality. The totality of that person, he's a scumbag. He's a Zionist hoodlum. The values he has on all these issues are interrelated. You can't be a Zionist hoodlum on one side and say that you support medical freedom on the other side because being a Zionist hoodlum means you supported Israel, which supported Albert Borla, which was ahead of Pfizer, which gave him the Lifetime Achievement Award, used the Israeli people as a test bed for this mRNA vaccine. You see what I'm saying? So all these issues are intersected. So the establishment is very clever in having a lot of these influencers out there who will confuse people, not look at the totality of that individual, but purposely look at one issue and promote that. But a systems approach forces people, Chris, to look at the totality. So the only way forward at this point is for, in our view, to get as many people understanding the systems approach, understanding that the future is us getting on the ground. To the extent that I'm running for office, there's no way a guy like me could get ever elected without a bottoms-up movement. But we win anyway by building that bottoms-up movement, which should have been built around 50, 60 years ago. So the movement of consciousness is what this is about, Chris. And we live in extraordinary times because the establishment literally, um, so someone just put this interesting, Kennedy really, let's, let's sort of dissect this one. Kennedy really, um, fucked himself uh, with the stance on Palestine, okay? And yeah, he, kind of, he kind of let the cat out of the bag who he really serves at that point because everybody, anybody that has any type of geopolitical knowledge 
especially someone that is involved in politics and someone with the last name of Kennedy knows exactly what's going on in Israel. But for him to be so supportive of Israel shows that that's exactly who he really serves. And what you're saying about waking people up is exactly what I was trying to do for the last three years. I used the pandemic as a shocking point, as a trigger point to get people to wake up to the idea, this very simple idea that the government was not their friend or their benefactor, the government was doing everything to try to control them. Because if you could just get them to realize that fact and start questioning their government in, in general, then you can get them to the next stage where you want them to be, where they can start acting in their own best political interests. But they can't even do that until they know that the government that they have isn't working for them in the first place. So I use the, the pandemic and all the restrictions and everything else that the government was doing that was nonsensical to open up the people's eyes. And I think we were very, very, very uh, successful at that. I called it united non-compliance. Step one, the global awakening. Step two, teaching people how to take action. And step three, holding the people in power accountable, which we never really finished step three. And that's why we're still going through all this rigmarole and all this BS. But like you said, this has to happen from the ground up. This has to be a spiritual and a, uh, a intellectual awakening of the masses and they have to realize that they are being controlled, they are being played, they are being given false selections and there's a lot of issues they could solve if they just became armed with the right knowledge and they started taking action as an organization together. So Chris, let me bring up this statement by a very ignorant individual. System, system stuff seems like jargon. So this individual is a, and, and, and the lack of appreciation of science and engineering is why we're in this situation because the educational system has taught people, well, I can just have an opinion, whatever the fuck I want. And therefore I can be, imagine a plumber saying, I just have an opinion of how to do plumbing or a surgeon saying, I just have an opinion. I'm just going to randomly open up someone's body and cure them. Um, no, there's a step-by-step -step process well, with everything. It, well, it's, there is a respect for anything, there is a body of knowledge, there's a body of practice, and there, there's a body of mastery. What's occurred in politics is that there, for the last, probably since last thousand years, politics has been moved by philosophy, right? Or by lawyers. It hasn't been driven by material uh, scientific un engineering understanding. Forget science for a second, engineering. And so I just, I don't know if you saw the video I did, Chris, called Shatter the Swarm. It's a swarm oh, video. Yeah. Everyone should see that. It's, I mean, I did a one hour version, but I distilled it down to 15 minutes. The reason that's important is people won't, people will start valuing, you know, some understanding, some engineering knowledge. But this is a video up on there, Chris. It's called Shatter the Swarm. I'm not going to play it now, but in literally 15 minutes, you can get the knowledge of 50 years of engineering system science. But without this knowledge, by the way, it's not jargon because George Soros is one of the leaders of system science. He, I mean, these people aren't dumb. He wrote reflexivity theory. Kissinger studies system science. The Kennedy School of Government right down the street here teaches system science. The and, they use a, and they use AI to boister their results and their efficiency. That's what people don't understand. They use system science with AI technology to know exactly how to manipulate you psychologically, financially, emotionally, every way possible. 
and they do it in a step-by-step process that can happen over weeks, months, years. So people have no idea how sophisticated this is, how intricate it is, and how advanced and how and how utterly successful it can be. The, the, the good news is, you know, I used to teach the systems visualization course at MIT. It was the most popular elective. But I was teaching it to a very handful of people, Chris. So it took me a lot to figure out how to take that knowledge and make it accessible, like Prometheus bringing fire to everyone else. And we've done that. But in the modern world, if you didn't have an iPhone, you're fucked, right? Or a phone, a cell phone. If you didn't have, um, you know, some basics. But the knowledge that's necessary right now is systems level understanding. Um, and that's, if you don't have that, this is why people follow one day Kennedy. Then the next day they follow Tulsi Gabbard. And then the next day they follow some other prostitute. You know, They become prostitutes jumping from bed to bed to bed of these political, because they don't have a framework. Because when you have the framework, you can call these people immediately. You will, you will spit on fucker Carlson. You'll understand who Joe Rogan serves, why he always never talks about the right thing at the right time. He waits when it's popular, when it's in vogue. And that's this fundamental understanding. And in my view, Chris, is out of the 8 billion people, 30% are never going to, re- will resist like in any organization. 50% are watching which way the wind blows. But the 20% of people, and among them, if a even finer set can really understand this dynamic, it's game, set, match. Yeah, it's- we can shift the balance of power completely. Yeah. Right. Now, the elites use system science from, you know, one of the principles in system science is a goal. Their goal is power, profit, control, maximizing it. And it's central because if we now not everyone needs to study this, but those people who are serious about being leaders and being agents of change, they need to be armed with this knowledge. Otherwise, you will not be able to really lead because there are some very, very important questions you have to be able to articulate. Why is Kennedy bad? Well, he says a lot of good things, Dr. Shiva. Why don't you work with him? Right? You get a lot of that. Oh, Tulsi Gabbard. She's, you know, let's work with her on this. Let's build a united front. No, she's fucking part of this whole thing. Right? So that, and that's why change has not taken place, Chris, for the last 50 years, because the Bernie Sanders, the Donald Trumps, the Obamas have been injected like an input into the system. So people don't build these bottoms up movements. Well, Booby will take care of it. You know, his his parents, you know, his uncle died. He must be on our side because he was shot by the CIA. They create all this magical thinking, forgetting that the Kennedys are an organized crime family. Just because the CIA shot one wing of the organized crime, fought another wing, doesn't mean they're better. So this very, very important training has to take place at the intellectual level. Then you have to get people ground on the ground. So what we're doing, Chris, is we're enabling people by running for you know, president is ultimately will result by the end of 2024, you know, in a global organization, which has these principles. And then what people want to do is up to them, Chris, you can't dictate this, but without this fundamental understanding, it'll be like, people will be going like this, you know, being entertained all day. Oh, Tucker Carlson got fired from Fox. Ooh, now he's on X. He's doing some good shows. He's not into building a movement, everyone. And I just explained this to a very, very smart guy. He says, oh, Tucker gets so many views, you should work with him. He's not into building a movement. He doesn't want to build a movement. He comes from a CIA family. He comes from an intelligence background. He knows what they're doing. Someone said they're lizards. That's what they are. 
So there's a the big thing is, do you really want to build a bottoms up movement of working people? Or do you just want to talk about fear porn of this, of the failures of the system and how everything's fucked up? It's important to do the exposition, but do you want to build a movement? And 99.99% of people do not want to build a movement. But Zionism, the question of Zionism is an amazing way to put on your x-ray glasses and figure out who's real and who isn't. That's why Zionism is such a great question. It's the question. It's the million dollar question. But Dr. Shiva, I have to run because I have another appointment in about 15 minutes that I'm going to be very late for. I love you. Thank you so much. We have to do it again. I want to talk. I want to do it. I want to do an episode on child trafficking because I'm working with an international organization that I believe is going to be using the same principles that you're using, but to unite people around the world for the number one problem, in my opinion. Let me just ask you briefly, Chris. You know, I knew the people created the Sound of Freedom movie, right? I saw the preview before. However, the three people that created it were all, frankly, very devout Catholics who actually bow down to the Pope. And the Vatican is one of the centers of pedophilia. And I found it quite interesting that that movie never even addressed that. What did you think about that movie? And, you know, it made about 120, 200 million bucks, but we've never seen anything... Well, I think that honestly, it, it it made a lot of people aware of the very big problem that weren't aware of it before. But at the same time, it kind of whitewashed and it didn't really go into the underbelly. Like it didn't expose any of the big actors. Like why are still we don't know one person in F. Epstein's black book? Every single person in there is a certified, guaranteed child molester, child trafficker, child organ harvester, etc. And every single one of them should be behind bars, but they're not because they're either rich. Powerful, political, law enforcement, media, Hollywood, etc. So they're all being and they're all being protected. This should be something on the media every day. Child trafficking by uh, by by cost is bigger than gun trafficking, bigger than drug trafficking, because you can sell a gun or a drug once. When you have a little nine year old girl, you could sell her 30 times a day for a few months. And then when she can't be sold anymore, you just cut her open and take out her organs and sell them to some Israeli on the black market. And that is the biggest Israel and Ukraine, the two most Zionist run countries in the world, are also the two biggest hubs of human trafficking, human organs harvesting. So I'm working with a group called Saving a Child. So Chris, why, why do we talk about that? Let's. I think that would be a central thing to talk about, how Ukraine yeah. and Israel are the centers of child trafficking. Let's do that as a follow-up. Let's do that. It would be fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity, and thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I'm going to play a couple of videos, but thanks, Chris. Be well. Be the light. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. So that was Chris Sky. I'm glad we had him on. It was a great conversation. Um, you know, the things that – let's talk about what we can do. Everyone knows I'm running for president. The simple thing everyone can go to do is go to, I'll post it on your, go to shivaforpresident.com. And this doesn't cost anyone any money, nothing. And notice I haven't asked for one red penny here, but what you can do is you can go get this flyer. It's on the downloads. And this flyer does two things. First of all, people have suggestions. We can keep improving the flyer, but the flyer really talks about the fact that the, the lifespan of the of the average child in the United States is now down. It talks about who the enemy is a swarm, and it gives people the solution, which is, you know, understand the dynamics of beyond left and right. Understand you can come to our open house. We do them. We put it here. We do an open house 
every every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. You get to meet incredible people from all over the world so you don't get lonely, so you don't feel you're the only one, you're misunderstood. 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Go to vashiva.com slash orientation or shivaforpresident.com slash town hall. That's one thing. Everyone can do that, but print these. Go to your, you know, you don't have to print it color, black and white. You can use this as an educational tool. It's got links to other places. It's a very powerful tool. If you want to spend five bucks, go and get one of these bumper stickers at shivaforpresident.com. Why is this important? Because it's a way for you to say fuck you to the establishment. Because you know that with the credentials I have, with the work I've done, the hard work I've done, I should be on every mainstream media channel. I am the ultimate presidential candidate because like every one of us listening here, I came bottoms up, but they do not want one of us. So they actively make me invisible. So by getting one of these bumper stickers and you put it on the back windshield of your car, 100,000 people will see it per day. And it's a way of you saying fuck you to the establishment, but more importantly, supporting one of us, me, you, all of us. So that's the second thing, uh, as Ken Fielding says here, by building a bottoms up movement of working people, that's what we're doing. And finally, for those of you um, who really wanna understand this, so you don't get fooled again, go to Truth Freedom Health. Go to truthfreedomhealth.com, become a warrior scholar. Um, and what you can learn here is that we have a half a million people now in 120 countries. Um, you can read about their stories of really learning this. Here's Ken who says, I jumped from supporting the Kennedy in the 1980s 1990s to Obama in the 2000s and to Bernie in 2010s and then to Trump in the 2020s. I had no direction or guidance. I stayed with Trump for four years thinking I could quote unquote fix him. I guess like an abused lover. That plan worked out well. Operation Warp Speed, Fauci never fired, vaccines, mass, Ivanka, Jared, Hillary out free, Assange in jail, 6.2 trillion for the elites and Jeff Bezos. If it wasn't for the Truth Freedom Health movement, I'd be working now for Tulsi Gabbard. Thank you for Truth Freedom Health for their intervention. They liberated me from their own addiction. Anyway, the bottom line is you can waste your time following these numbnuts or you can become a leader. And our movement has a history of winning. But more importantly, the dynamic here is just because there's all this information on social media doesn't mean you're gonna get more truth, more freedom, more health. Look at the data here. More people are anxious and depressed. 51% of children are hopeless. 40% want to overthrow their governments. Two and a half billion people are obese. 52% are confused on what to eat in, in the midst of all these health videos. And 95% of health problems um, uh, are, are, occur with you know one third having five ailments. And the reason is because information is fed through the lens of ignorance. People get confused, they get desperate, or they get complacent, or they go into this left or right. And it is these people, ladies and gentlemen, who are the, the machinery of ignorance. It's obvious the Clintons, the Bidens are evil, but it is the Trumps, the AOCs, the Tulsi Gabbards, the Booby Kennedys and the fucker Carlsons. They confuse people because they act like they're fighting for you when they're actually part of the swarm. And the only way out of this is knowledge. And knowledge is the science of systems. And that's where you get wisdom. And with wisdom, we get clarity. We become active. We become innovative. You realize that it's up to you. You have to become the force for change. And that's the only way out. There is no Messiah coming to help us. My running for president, you know, independently, without any ties to any of these people, gives all of us an opportunity to be inspired and get mobilized that, hey, there's one of us out there. Let's mobilize and build this bottoms up movement. 
And it's a good way of ending this. Peter uh, Kahn says free Palestine. But remember, Petra, there will be no Palestine free. There will be no free Palestine until we also we end the occupation right here in the United States. We must end the occupation of America by Zionism. And the American working people have been totally screwed by Zionists. The Zionists own Hollywood. They own Wall Street. They own every aspect of American culture. And they print money at will. They own the printing presses. And they have the Christian Zionists all over the United States supporting this nonsense. And this is why they needed Trump. Trump's goal was to mobilize Christian Zionism. Mike Johnson, the current Speaker of the House, is a Christian Zionist. Again, 70 million Christian Zionists, Christian Zionists, quote unquote, there's only 6 million Jewish Zionists in the United States. So look at those numbers, 10 to 1. You don't have to be, Zionists are not all Jews, right? Lots, 10 times more Christian Zionists. So everyone, I hope this is valuable. I want to thank again, Chris, but get involved. Go to Truth, Freedom, Health. Become a warrior scholar. Get the bumper sticker. Get, a, get this flyer. Go use your library's printer so you don't have a printer. Educate people. Become an agent of change. And let me just play our campaign video as we sign off. Thank you, everyone. Be well, be the light. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low-caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression, and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur, and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses, and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14-year-old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first U.S. copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace, by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India to have us fighting each other while they remained safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out. One set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time, never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I exposed Fauci, galvanized the fire Fauci campaign when others remained silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view 
the government and big tech censorship infrastructure, the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement, to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people for the working people who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health, to win back America, be part of this historic movement all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. president. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message. Paid for by Dr. Shiva for president. All right, everyone, be well. Go to our Thursday, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, open house. Everyone's invited. It's free. There's no cost. You can come. Uh, you get to share your story. Uh, you can RSVP at vashiva.com slash orientation, but you'll learn a lot, uh, not from me alone, but from lots and lots of other people uh, who are all working people like us. So please join us. I wish you well. Uh, be well, be the light. Thank you.